Kristen, you should be happy this week. You know why? Ooh, why? Why? The reason you should be happy is because we've got four movies we're going to talk about. Three of them have female leads. Oh. Kelly and Cal with Juliette Lewis. Look at you caring about women. Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby with Jessica Chastain. Yes. And then Dolphin Tale 2, starring Winter, the dolphin. <laughs> You're, you're counting Winter as a female lead? I She's you, a marine mammal. That's like saying Lassie is a reefer. I think you should take what you can get, Kristen. Oh, I suppose I have to. I have to. Yes, that's true. We're going to discuss all of those, plus the drop, James Gandolfini's final film uh, coming up. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway, and this is Movie Date. Everybody used to be warm and fish up. Everybody used to be warm and fish. Everybody used to be warm and fish. Kristen, tell us all about. Tell us all about Dolphin Tale 2. <laughs> With our female lead. With this Winter. female lead. Now, in the last movie, Winter, our friend, the marine mammal, the dolphin, she doesn't have a tail. It's sad. They come up with a prosthetic tail for her. Yeah. She becomes a great attraction to people all over Florida who go to the uh, Marine Mammal Rescue Center that she lives in. And then this movie follows up where she's still in that center. She is dealing with the loss of her little dolphin friend that she's been swimming with side by side. And they, they're social animals. You can't live by yourself if you're a dolphin. It's That's just right. too miserable. And how are they going to move forward with that? Here's a clip. Oh, my gosh. She's precious. Crying out loud. I pulled anchovies off of pieces that were bigger than that. Hey, everyone. Great hustle. Really, really good work. I'm so proud of everyone. That's fantastic. Great job, guys. Really, really good. Now all we can do is hope. Now, as I recall, Kristen, you were not a big fan of the original Dolphin Tale. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing you and I have talked about many times, Rafe, where it feels like it's a faith-based movie. They drop in a bunch of stuff out of nowhere that you don't know why it's there. It's like, oh, because of Jesus. That's why that's in this movie. A lot of, yeah, the last one had a real, had a lot of sledgehammering with the, uh, yeah, with the religious heavy themes. Handed, yeah. Very heavy-handed. And I think that these movies are perfectly, you know benign in lots of ways. They're pleasant. Kids are probably going to like seeing dolphins. Um, of course. But for the adults, it's the same issue as with a lot of kids' movies. What are the adults going to do while they're watching this? Boy, you know? what the, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to wish that you could text in a movie. <laughs> they're, they're, you're going to be itching for your phone. I think, I think the problem with this movie, once again, I mean, I will say this, you know, it it brings the, the entire main cast is back. Um, oh yeah, Harry Connick Jr., Morgan Freeman, Ashley Judd. Yeah, and the kids. The, and the and the, the two kids, kids whose names we can't pronounce. Well, well, now, well, Nathan Gamble plays Sawyer, uh, and then there's a, a a young girl named Hazel. She's Harry Connick Jr.'s daughter, I think. She's Cozy Zulsdorf. It's it's a heck of a heck of a name to pronounce. She's actually kind of good, I think, yeah, in yeah. this movie. Um, she's she's really she's got a certain adorable, uh, natural quality to her. Um. You know, yeah, there's just there's also not much plot here. Basically, it's it's the question is, you know, are we going to find a companion for winter? And and oh, no. And then then the end comes and hooray. And that's, that's really. <laughs> oh, that was a spoiler. Sorry, spoiler. No. Spoiler, Rafer. No, winter could die. <laughs> In a kid's movie. That would be <laughs> awesome. She's... That's the lesson, kids. Here's I... your lesson. Everything dies. I will say this. The one the one good thing I could find to say about this movie um, is that it does say repeatedly, 
that these animals are not pets. These are not your cute I little buddies. I appreciated that, yes. I thought that was really good. You know, Harry Connick Jr. says it over and over. Even the boy, uh, Sawyer, at one point says, you know, when he's he's kind of a, he's he's rising to become kind of one of the lead staffers at the uh, at the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. And he says to, you know, to all the people who are listening, these are, you know, these are wild animals. They can bite. They could turn aggressive. So be careful. And I think that's really good in a film like this that, that could easily kind of cutesy up the animals. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And what I found really sweet, actually, when the movie was done, I, and I was going to the bathroom, as I always do, um, <laughs> and eavesdropping, as I always do, to hear how people talk about the movie. And I heard lots of kids talking with their parents saying, it would be really fun to go down there and visit. Oh, well, I mean... The, because the, the, it, this is a real marine mammal center. It's not a fictional one. This is yeah, yeah. all based on real events. And yeah. so they... They didn't say, I want my own dolphin. They didn't say, you know, I want to bring one of these animals home. They said it would be really fun to go down to that center and meet those dolphins. I mean, that these, these movies are the best thing that ever happened to that, uh, that marine aquarium. The, the, um, in the press notes, at least, if, if they are to be believed, uh, the Clearwater Marine Aquarium used to have a yearly attendance of like 78,000, and it's jumped like tenfold. They've got like 780,000 people coming now every year. Does so, not surprise me. Doesn't does surprise not surprise me, me at all. <laughs> okay, so, you know, okay for a very little kid date. I think yeah, if you're like grown un- up under under 10. You cannot be over 10 probably, right? I think that's probably true. I think over 10 you're going to start to get bored by dolphin tail too. Cry for the children. Cry for the children. Cry for the children. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you, Kristen, about the drop. Now, this is just one of many posthumous performances we're going to be seeing this year. Uh, yeah, well, I guess you'll, we'll have Philip Seymour Hoffman Robin as well. Robin Williams also. Uh-huh, that's right. And we already had Paul Walker. That's right, uh-huh, in Brick Mansions. Yeah. Um, yes, well, this is uh, the last film, I think, from James Gandolfini. Uh, he plays, uh, it's a smaller role, actually. The star of this film is really uh, Tom Hardy, who plays Bob Saganowski. He's a loner and a uh, he works at a bar in Brooklyn uh, called Cousin Marv's. Uh, James Gandolfini plays Marv. The bar itself is actually a uh, drop spot for the mob. But Bob, who's just kind of a short, you know, kind of humble guy, just keeps his head low, doesn't really get involved in that kind of stuff until one night the bar is robbed by a couple of uh, robbers. Uh, here's a clip. You see in Brooklyn... Money changes hands all night long. It's, it's, it's not the kind that you can deposit in a bank. But all that money, it needs to end up somewhere. They call it a drop bar. A bar the bosses choose randomly each night to be the safe for an entire city. I guess I would say two things. First, this is really not your kind of movie, Kristen. Well, you already said there's no women in it at the that's top not, of the that's podcast. That's not true. You said that that's there's like true. a couple movies with female leads this weekend. The drop was not on the list. But one of your favorites is in it, Nomi Rapace from uh, oh, Girl yeah. with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, yeah. she's she's great. Yeah, she's she's good in it. Tom Hardy, of course, a complete genius. You know, British guy playing a pretty believable Brooklyn guy. Uh, not bad. And, uh, and of course, James Gandolfini, who's really good. One thing I would say about this role that I like about it is he's he is playing a mobster so in some ways you could say that's not really a stretch for him but uh, it's a different kind of mobster he is not the Tony Soprano mobster his backstory is a little more tragic a little more pathetic and his character is not the sort of big swaggering tough guy that you might expect and I thought that was kind of interesting um, 
It's a Dennis Lehane movie. It's the first movie that Dennis Lehane has ever written uh, the screenplay for himself. Remind us of Dennis Lehane. He's to me, he's hit and miss. Shutter Island, miss. Oh, okay, okay. Mystic River, major miss. Not everyone agrees with you, Ray. For some people, loved that movie. Who? I think yeah, it was well, nominated for some awards. No, it was. The Academy, for, the Academy for one. Yes. Um, Gone Baby Gone, really good movie. Uh, this one, I think, is it's so-so. The acting is good. The story is not... It just doesn't really hold together. There's a there's a puppy. There's a girl. There's a psychopath. There are some robbers. I love puppies. Yeah, they're pup- the, puppy is, <laughs> the puppy is cute. Um, and it just kind of... It's well made, it's well acted, it's well crafted, I guess, but the story just doesn't hang together for me. It just doesn't amount to much in the end. It's an okay date, I would say. If you like these kinds of films, maybe you'll be a little more pleased by it. But I would say, you know, the drop, a so-so date for for my money. Mm. So, Kristen, I think think you would agree with me if you'd seen it. Well, I'm, I'm glad I missed it then. That's right. Let's talk now about a movie that was on your list of fall movies you were most looking forward to, Rafer. Yeah. That Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Now, just as a reminder to listeners, this is a movie that was going to be released in three different parts. Right. We have him, we have her, and we have them. Right. This is about a couple that, after going through a family tragedy, is falling apart. They're living separate lives. In some ways, she's become kind of a ghost of her former self. She's... The she in this case is Jessica Chastain, and the he in this case is James McAvoy. And then we also have a supporting cast, William Hurt. Isabel Huppert. Viola Davis. Yes. And, um, and we see from three different perspectives, the combined perspective, his perspective, and her perspective, what really happened in this relationship and where it might be going. And this week, we have the release of the them version of it. Right. Here's a clip. I don't want to interfere with your life. Or whatever she has to do. But I can't... I can't just chalk this up to destiny. I walked on with my life because moving forward was was the only way to go. I guess people grieve differently. I, I was really looking forward to this just because I thought that the the idea of telling a story in this way sounded really interesting to me. Um, and I do like the way this movie unfolds as a mystery. Um, we won't reveal here what the problem is in this relationship, but it's it opens up with quite a bang. Um, things go haywire very fast in a very dramatic way. And then the rest of the film is basically Connor, James McAvoy's character, trying to chase down Eleanor Rigby and figure out you know, how he can fix this, what exactly happened, and can they somehow get back together? And I love the way in this movie that their relationship just shifts really dramatically and sometimes abruptly from scene to scene. They're sometimes very natural and very affectionate together and sometimes extremely distant, Mm. sometimes hostile, which you might not think would work, but in a way it does work because I do feel that relationships, especially long relationships, can be like that. Um, and I did, I liked that part. Did you like yeah, the acting? Absolutely. Kristen? I thought the acting was fantastic. Yeah. And um, just to go back to the supporting characters, I even loved them. It's oh, yeah. Little, her character was just fascinating as all get out. Viola Davis plays a professor 
She's fascinating. She's, she's terrific. She's just terrific. She's a scene stealer every time she's on. She kind of becomes uh, Eleanor Rigby's shrink in a way. Yeah. They, they, they strike up a friendship that goes a little bit beyond uh, teacher-student. Uh, yeah. She's, she's, she's the one person who, uh, when she meets Eleanor Rigby and learns her name, says, that must be tough. <laughs> Plus, she quotes lines. Yes. Oh, look at all the lonely people. Look right. at all those lonely people. Where did right. they all come from? So, but I feel, Kristen, that perhaps both of us in this case, as they say, that we have a big butt. Here's my big butt. Okay. The, this, the, this movie falls into that category that I call the situation movie. Okay. So I feel like there's a lot of situation and there's not a lot of story here. Mm. And there's a lot of atmosphere and there's a lot of mood. And all of that atmosphere and mood are really well done. And all the acting is extremely good. All of that stuff's great. But I also felt that it's not really much as far as narrative or story goes. I I felt that I was dropped into a situation and I'm here for the situation. And there's the atmosphere and the situation, the end. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. And I'm kind of okay with that. Um, I guess I felt like the... I guess I felt that the, the the pivotal the tragedy that will unfold that we will learn in the film as the film goes on, um, I understand it. It's a real tragedy. It's not a not a small one, um, but yet somehow it didn't it didn't resonate that much with me. It didn't explain that much to me how the relationship itself fell apart. It seemed to be a little bit more of a contrivance than anything mm. else. Do you kind of know what I'm saying? And I, it's hard for me to explain more without getting into detail. I, I am trying to talk about this without ruining it yes, for our it's listeners. It's tough. It's tough. But I would disagree with you. I do think that that thing that caused them to have this rift in their relationship, I can see that being very real, actually. Yes. But are, are you saying that how it was explained and what developed out of it on screen was the problem that they didn't bring enough of that to life and you wanted more of that brought to life in a way um but and but in a way that's also kind of a kind of a small knit that i'm picking um i do think going back to your point i do think that this is a is a film about mood and scene and um emotion and so and i don't think it's necessarily trying to tell you an involved solid uh, a completely tied together plot necessarily. And so uh, in that way, I found it very successful. I guess I would say, you know, if I had to really come down on a verdict on the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, I would say it's a pretty good date. I really liked it. I was very, very involved throughout the whole film and really into these two characters. And I, and I wanted them to get together. I was pulling mm. for them to get together. And I found the ending fairly moving. Uh, I I liked it. Um, So, you know, pretty good date for me. What do you think? I thought it was a pretty good date also, but I don't need to see any more of this. And Uh I'm not on board with, you know, six more hours of this. I I am with you. I really don't need more of Eleanor Rigby. And I totally am on the same page as you. It felt very real the way these two interacted with each other. But that's not enough to make me want to spend more time with them. And again, the central mystery is not enough to make me want to see both perspectives and unravel it further. I feel that I got enough in this very good movie. Mm -hmm. I feel that that was enough for me. Coming up, we review Kelly and Cal, the new movie with Juliette Lewis, and we have some movie therapy 
for somebody whose daughter is leaving home to go off to college. You're listening to Movie Date. This is Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Rafer Guzman. All right, Rafer, let's talk about another indie that's out this week, Kelly and Cal. Yeah, this is the new Juliet uh, Lewis movie, the, uh, the Return of Juliet Lewis. Where has she been? She's been not. She's been in supporting roles. She was in August Osage County. Oh, that's uh, right. You're yeah. right. She's been in some small spots here and there. But do you remember there was a period in the '90s where she was all the rage? Of, co- well, of course, I she remember that the period. Thing. She exactly. was the thing. Exactly. And she wasn't just an actor. Juliet Lewis used to be in a rock band, Juliet Lewis and the Licks. Yes. I, I actually saw them at the Warp Tour. Oh, you did? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I think that kind of figures into this role for her in a way. She plays Kelly, a former punk rock musician and now a mom. She has a newborn. She's about 40-ish. Uh, she has a husband, very loving husband, but somewhat inattentive, distracted, working hard. She's lonely. Uh, they've moved to a new suburb that they're uh, that she's not familiar with. Uh, the mommy group uh, is very aloof. She can't seem to make any connections. Until uh, a teenager uh, pokes his head over the fence, uh, makes a few saucy comments about her breasts, and uh, throws her little off her guard. But it's also the first uh, little bit of attention she's received from anyone in quite a while. And this teenager also happens to be in a wheelchair. He was once an athletic kid. Uh, now he's in a wheelchair after an accident, or at least that's the that's the story he gives us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two of them strike up this kind of odd friendship that might develop into something more. Here's a clip. Where did you learn to play? I was in a band. Wait, wait, wait. You were in a band? Yes. Why do you look so surprised? I wasn't always a suburban housewife. I was young and wild once. Well, let me guess. You were in like a mid-90s kind of riot girl band type thing? What? How, what do you know about riot girls? It was kind of like Sleaterkinney in a way. So, Rafer, this is a movie we should be able to relate to in some way as far as Juliet Lewis's character goes, right? Well, of course. She's our generation. This is us. Exactly. You know, Juliet Lewis, say moi. Yes. Right. We also had that fun colored hair. We also wear the combat boots. We also did those things. And now look at us. Indeed. We look so square now. Indeed. Yes. No, I, I, I feel Kelly's pain. I really, I really do. And I love the... There's a uh, sequence in the sort of the middle part of the film where she and Cal begin to establish this relationship and they start talking about music and and they start hanging out and she reverts back to her teenage self. She gets out the manic panic and dyes her hair blue and shows up to a function and all the grownups are staring at her, you know, looking at her like, what's, have you lost your mind? And she puts her combat boots back on and, and does the whole thing. And they start hanging out and defacing school property and chugging beers in the gym. And I love that whole sequence because it makes sense. It makes sense that you would find a teenager who has an interest in you wheelchair or not and you would try you would start to want to tap into that old self that you once had i liked that sequence a lot yeah and i think with both of them there is a past that has been taken away from them or they feel that it's been taken away from them in the case of kelly her past has been taken away just by aging by getting married by having a child by moving to the suburbs and in his case his past has been taken away by this recent spinal cord injury that has put him in a wheelchair and 
that kid who used to, you know, climb fences and steal signs and run around and have a girlfriend that that disappeared after his spinal cord injury. Right. And now they both feel completely invisible as well. She walks through her community and nobody talks to her. That's a good point. When she does try to talk to people, they aren't necessarily nice to her and they don't treat her like she's important or of value. With him, even his old babysitter won't look him in the eye when she sees him. Yeah. He's invisible also. And here are two people who feel like outcasts who are looking at their past, longing for it, and then seeing each other and actually seeing each other. Yes, yes. You're you're right. I guess what sort of bugged me, though, a little bit about this movie is that as it kind of heads toward the conclusion, I just felt that it wasn't really sure what it was trying to say or where it really wanted to take this story. Hold on. Are you talking about the last 10 minutes of the movie? or yeah, you am talk- talking about maybe the last 20 or so, mm. sort of the final act of the film, really, when everything is kind of coming to a head and we're there to learn what we're there to learn. And it just doesn't deliver it in a way that kind of made a lot of sense to me. And I was left with this feeling of, I've, this feeling that I'd, I'd watched these two disparate characters cross paths and and let's just say maybe cross a line or two and then what and i just couldn't quite get a handle on what this relationship had done for them how it had changed them or really what was being said to me do you know what i'm saying mm, i just didn't that, quite get it i can see what you mean but for me the bigger issue was the supporting characters, particularly her husband, yeah. was so poorly realized. I felt that who he was throughout the movie versus what he did in the last 10 minutes of the movie and who yes. he became then, yes. that just didn't make any sense to me. I felt that... Kind of the, a sudden shift there. Yes. Yeah. And I felt that there was a sudden shift with a few of the supporting characters that didn't make sense to me. That's what I mostly took issue with. I didn't take issue with Kelly or Cal and what happened between them. Hmm. It was the sudden shift of the world around them that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And it's a shame because I really loved everything in the movie up until the last 10 minutes. I really just was 100% there with those characters. Oh, I, yeah. I, I still do think um, that it's totally worth seeing. I think Juliette Lewis is really good. It kind of reminds you of what was so great about her back in the 90s. It's also, um, at least in the initial half of the film, she's actually quite funny. She has a lot of really great oh, yes. facial expressions. When, <laughs> when the, you know, She's in this kind of Kafka-esque world where everyone's treating her badly and nothing is going her way and her husband will say some, some sort of crude and sensitive thing to her and she'll get this like wrinkled look on her face of, of sort of hopelessness. <laughs> and and it's, she's actually really good in the movie. Um, so Kelly and Cal, I would say... Like an okay date, but just not a, not an entirely successful date. I would say Kelly and Cal, a mostly good date. Mostly good. I, I would say I liked it better than you did, Rafer. What seems to be the trouble? Can I confess something? I'm just trying to tell you about my feelings. He's been depressed. Help! Let's move on to some movie therapy, Rafer. What do we got this week? One of our listeners, Marjorie, she sounds pretty down. Here she is. Hi, this is Marjorie. I am from New York, and I'm in the car right now with our family as we drive to Wisconsin to take our daughter, Jessica, to college. And so I'm calling for movie therapy because this is my my only daughter, and I'm very sad, and it's bittersweet. So, yeah, so if you could recommend some good movies, um on the theme of 
leaving home and going to college and that kind of thing. I would love that. Ah, uh, Marjorie. Oh, Marjorie. You know, Ray, for your kids, that's going to be them in about 10 or 12 years, right? Wow. Well, by then I'll have Alzheimer's and I won't even, <laughs> I won't even, I'll have no idea what's going on. I'll be so old by then, it, you know, it'll be a completely moot point. But I, but, but I, I understand what you're going through because I do see my kids growing up now, you know, even my oldest one is in second grade and he's getting to be a tall little guy and you know he can he can shoulder his own backpack and he you know barely even says goodbye to me when he walks into school um it's it is it's it's heartbreaking believe me so uh, Kristen and i are going to prescribe to you films that i think will lift your spirits Kristen, you go first so marjorie um we feel your pain and first and foremost remember it could be worse the sadness you're feeling now your little girl saying goodbye to you what if your little girl never said goodbye to you? You know, she's saying goodbye because you raised her right to be independent, to have her own life. But what if she was like the characters in Step Brothers? You would be very sad. You'd now, be very sad. Now, now, Step Brothers is the story of two grown men. How old are they? Like in their 40s? Easily. Still living at home with their parents. We have Will Ferrell as one of the kids. We have John C. Riley as the other kid. Their parents are getting married. They have to live together. This is the worst version of you did not raise your kids right. They are never going to leave home. They're both in their 40s. They're driving you nuts. They're acting like imbeciles all the freaking time. Don't you just wish they would leave home? Don't you wish they would go to school in Wisconsin halfway across the country and start off with their own lives? Here's a clip. We think it would be very prudent. Can we turn our beds into bunk beds? Yes. Why are you guys so sweaty? All right, we've already figured out how to do this. The beds match up perfectly. And here's the thing. It'll give us so much extra space in our room to do activities. Please say yes. You don't need permission from us to build bunk beds. You're adults. You can do what you want. So... Could be worse, Marjorie. So, Marjorie, we want you to watch this and just remember, you raised your kids right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, My recommendation for you, also because you sound down, Marjorie, another comedy for you. Now... You're you're a woman, so this may not be quite up your alley. I do find that there is something of a gender split on on this on these kinds of movies, but I'm going to recommend to you The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. <laughs> I saw this just recently again. Uh, I hadn't seen it since it came out, and uh, this is the movie that stars Adam Sandler as a guy who is uh, he's the water boy for a uh, college football team. He's abused and pushed around, and he's. Uh, you know, seems to be a little mentally deficient, and uh, but he discovers one day that he actually has a tremendous talent for tackling the hell out of people, and that leads him to join another college football team. He gets to go to college, sit in class, learn some things for the first time in his life, even though his mother, played by Kathy Bates, thinks that uh, everything to do with uh, football is the devil and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't want him to go learn, but, uh, but he's determined. He's going to do it. Here's a clip. So that's what... Opening up a can of whoop-ass feels like. Son, you just opened a whole case of whoop-ass. I would be honored if you play football for this team. Me? Play football? Yes. Thanks, but no thanks, coach. My mama wouldn't let me play no football. We're going to go home. You and I, we're going to talk to mama. <laughs> now, Marjorie, if, if you think you can sit through an hour and a half of Adam Sandler making that, making that voice then I think you're going to be pretty pleased. And this will show you what your daughter is in for when she goes to college. Fun, good times, learning experiences, growth. There you go. 
All right. I, I just want to recommend one more movie because we should have at least one movie that has female characters in this. Because <laughs> okay. Marjorie, you're, you're a woman. Your daughter's a woman. Yep. She's a woman now. She's not a girl anymore. She's a woman. And I think it's good to look at the female perspective leaving home, the challenges, the opportunities. And um, one of the movies that I think does that really well is Mona Lisa Smile. Mm. And this some people call this Dead Poet Society for girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julia Roberts plays an unconventional art history instructor at an all-women's college in the 1950s. She introduces her students to critical thinking skills, especially when it comes to gender roles, and the idea that they can always color outside the lines, if you will. Her students are played by an all-star cast. We have Julia Stiles, Jennifer Goodwin, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Kirsten Dunst. Here's a clip. Sunflowers, Vincent van Gogh, 1888. He painted what he felt, not what he saw. People didn't understand. To them, it seemed childlike and crude. It took years for them to recognize his actual technique, to see the way his brushstrokes seemed to make the night sky move. Yet, he never sold a painting in his lifetime. Oh, Kristen. Oh, I know it's cheesy. It's cheesy. But you know what? I I think it's a a great thing to see girls becoming independent, becoming free thinkers and becoming women. And this is a chance to see that. And yes, it's pure schlock. But I think you're going to enjoy it, Marjorie. Kristen, let's close out, as always, with trivia. What was last week's question, Rafer? Last week we were talking about The Identical, uh, a movie that you were... So weird, but you I were enjoyed kind of, it. You were okay with it. I thought it was horrible. Um, <laughs> you hated it. And, 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 by, and by the way, uh, you know, viewers, you decide. The makers of The Identical have released the, the movie's first 15 minutes online uh, with the slogan, The Critics Are Wrong. <laughs> So you decide. You go. You can watch. Hold uh, on. Which critic is wrong? You or me? I I think it's you. (laughs) I think it's you. I think it's me. I think it's me that's wrong. Um, So you can watch the first 15 minutes, which, by the way, are are the... Probably the most least interesting first fifteen oh, minutes I of the like movie, the first right? Fifteen minutes of the, the movie. They're, they're, they're the dullest part. Oh, Depression oh, era America. Uh, how does that sound? Anyway, okay. So you, <laughs> anyway, viewers, you decide. Um, but we, it, because that movie is essentially a uh, perverted Elvis biopic, uh, we decided to think about some other uh, Elvis movies, and we came up with this one. We played this clip. Please don't. I get a feeling there's a message here. Like maybe there's somebody else. You, you could say that, yes. And we asked you to name that Elvis movie, and we and we gave you bonus points if you could name who played the nun in that movie. And here's the right answer. Hi, this is Beatrice Brandt from Morristown, New Jersey. And the answer to the trivia question this week is change of habit with Elvis Presley and Mary Tyler Moore. Great job, Beatrice. Fantastic work. A lot of people knew that one, by the way. Yeah, tons of people wrote it on our Facebook page and called into 5717movies with the right answer. Maybe we'll stump you this week with a harder question. I think it's a harder question. I think it is too, actually. So in honor of Dolphin Tale 2, we have a movie we're going to play a clip of that also centers in some way on marine mammals. Yes. And... Here's the clip. I come from a long line of chiefs stretching all the way back to Hawaii, where our ancient ones are. The ones that first heard the land crying and sent a man. His name was also Paikia. And I'm the most recent descendant. But I was not the leader my grandfather was expecting. And by being born, 
I broke the line back to the ancient ones. There aren't too many marine mammal movies out there, guys. <laughs> do you think they're going to get it, Rafer? I think someone's going to get someone's this one. Someone's going to get it. All you have to do to tell us if you got it is call 5717movies. Or you can visit our website at facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. podcast.